Yo, where to be paradise life relaxing Black, Latino, and Anglo-Saxon I'm on the exchange, the range Cast, lost, tribal, Shabazz Free at last, brand new whips to All right, back here on the Sports Grind Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing Spinning the one and twos 877-37-GRIND is your number Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose And we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios All right Keeping it moving Keeping it moving um. Yeah. So that that's the situation. I mean, we we'll see how that plays out. And for the record, when we talk about that trade situation with Seattle, um, me personally, you know, you could talk about the picks and everything, but if we're just talking about the connection with Russ and Seattle and who really won or whoever, and I guess the grand scheme of things, I judge that to figure out whether it's Geno Smith, a quarterback that's not on this roster. The position player they got for the draft, as long as Pete Carroll's there, in my opinion, they've got to get to another Super Bowl. Until they get to it, like, cause to, at the, no matter what you think, regardless whether you think, oh, it was the Legion of Boom, it was this and that, Russ led them to two Super Bowls and won one. So until Pete Carroll can get there with somebody else under center, that's how I'm really judging that trade. Now, of course, if, if they've got to take $43 million estimated in dead cap money next offseason, and that means that Russ is no longer in this roster, then, yeah, I'll be the first. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'll tell you, like, hey, they lost that one. You know, back in the day, if you think about it, uh, if you really go back in Denver history, you know, the Champ Bailey, Clinton Portis trade, Denver won on that one. And, and let me tell you something. I, I at that time I don't even know what year was that. That was a long time ago. What was that like oh six oh seven ish? Around there. I'm trying to think. Was I in the business at that time? Early on in my career, but you I know were definitely in the business. Okay. I can tell you that. Uh, much. Okay, so I can tell you right now, taking my mind back to being a little bit younger there, when that first circle, I was like, what are we doing? I mean, because that was Clinton. I wasn't down with that. You know, but when Champ showed up, the rest is history. Hall of Fame. Thank you. But oh, that was it, 2004. Yeah, that was probably that was the first year for me in this in this industry. So, um, but I I wasn't really down with that. I mean, I of course after a while I was like, okay, yeah, they won on that. So my point I bring that up, they won on that. Some in history you're gonna have ones that has really helped out. You won on it. Some of them you lose. Now I'll definitely if they if they cut him and they have to, I don't think we're gonna get to that point. We good. Because, again, these injuries keep mounting up and they don't get good offensive line, uh, line play, it's going to be a problem. Because, um, again, the defense, I ain't going to lie to you, the defense is a little concerning to me a little bit under Vance Joseph from what I've seen. I hope this is just basically a personnel situation that's happened in the last two weeks, but there's been a lot of matriculating down the field. And, I, I you know, I'm all about bend but don't break. Bill Part, I mean, Bill Belichick has made – a history out of that having defenses like you might have good yards but D bill usually has defenses that rank in the top five and three and scoring defenses and those are the ones that get you in contention you can give up all the yards you want to but if you holding the field goals that's a lot better than seven but the defense has a little concern with me but again if it has to come to that then again i would sit there and say yeah you know what they didn't win on that trade now before we hear from russ and move on get to our over unders you want to add something what do you got well, don't forget, there's still one more trade that could bail both the Broncos and the Niners out. And that's the Watson trade. There were three first-round picks sent to Houston, which is the same amount as the Lance okay. trade. Um, there was also the fact that you had a, a two, two fourth-rounders and a third-rounder involved in that, too. 
and you burned the bridge with your franchise quarterback up to that point to, to bring in Watson. If you go back to the behavior of the organization oh. for the whole season before. So not only did you, and then that, and that could only, only trickle effect too. If Baker is able to turn around his career with Tampa Bay and parlay that into another opportunity moving forward, if Watson really can't, and Watson got, like you saw said the other day, you know, flying under the radar, he but is. got bailed out last year because he only played, what, six games? And he uh, didn't play that, a whole year before he, that. But now this is the year that really we see the evaluation on this. And if he comes out and has a Russell Wilson season, a 2022, uh, 2022 Russell Wilson season here in 2023, with all the pieces, having it, uh, a wide receiver, one like Amari Cooper, you went out and you got Jakeem Grant from Chicago. You traded and you brought Elijah Moore, a top weapon, in from New York. On the defensive side, or even on the still on the offense, you have two pro bowlers on the offensive line, uh, Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio. Uh, you still have Nick Chubb, a top rusher in the NFL. And then you go to the defensive side of the ball, and you've got studs over there too. So if Watson can't get it done then very quickly we could forget about the Trey Lance trade. We could forget about the Russell Wilson trade. And then you look at the Cleveland Browns having one of the worst trades in the last 10, 15 years. I think you're one year ahead of schedule. I've told you this before. We've talked about this. I, I think it, it this year, I don't necessarily – look, you get $250, 60000000 guaranteed, you're going to be on evaluation by everybody from day one. I get that. But in the grand scheme of things, there's a process to this. And I think you're one year early because he will get his Russell Wilson 2023 offseason chance in the 2020 next year. Because if it doesn't look like there's an improvement or the rust is shaking off because, I hey, look, man, they had to address it. Joint practice today. I mean, he threw three picks. In practice, I mean they're counting Deshaun's practice, but I say he's going on the radar because it ain't made. It, it ain't on get up. It ain't on first take. Ain't nobody talking this and this like it is the Russ situation and all this kind of stuff. So to me, if it looks like in 2023 that the rust isn't off and he's just not getting it, and all of a sudden you hear them 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 birds that start coming in, including them boo birds, the one that didn't even want a part of this anyway, then what's going to happen? You know who's falling on the sword? It's going to be like, hey, you couldn't fix them. Sorry. Sorry, Stefanski. And then going into 2024, now it's basically on him. Boomer bust. Is this one of the worst trades in NFL history in the last 15 years? Because he's going to get to handpick the next coach. He's going to have, he's going to, well, let me rephrase that. He's going to have a lot of say-so on who the next coach. They're going to run it by him. So I think you're one year early, Jonas. And I trust me, I'm not basically trying to, make excuses for Deshaun or not deflect the pressure because I do think he's he's finding the radar because there's other people the Jets sucking the air out of the life of the NFL Aaron Rodgers Russ and Sean you know now you got the Jonathan Taylor and that's a good thing if you're a Browns fan or Deshaun Watson fan but when them AFC North games start lining up you're going to pop up on Red Zone, YouTube, and everywhere. You ain't going to be able to hide from that. Three in the first four weeks. Three division games in the first four weeks? Yeah, we went over this the other day. I don't like that. You start with the Bengals That's and Steelers, so and then you come back with them. I don't like that. There's a whole. There must be a whole new young group of people working in scheduling the NFL League offices. Like it's That's ridiculous. Like, you want teams, especially in the division, you want teams to get lathered up a little bit before you start going heavy in the division game. Three three weeks out of the first four weeks in the North? 
Well, maybe it's a good thing he is flying on the radar because he won't with that with that first lineup. 877-37-GRIND. All right. Before we leave the Mile High City topics today in Denver, the things I wanted to touch on, we already talked, spent enough time on the Jerry Judy news. I just got one more message. Callaway, Marquis, where you at? Where you at? You supposed to be in that receiver room teaching everybody these th- this playbook, man. He was almost a thousand yard receiver one year with Sean in the system. Anyway, Mims got to step up. And this line in this running game, Russ gonna have to lose, use his legs, man. That's just what it is. You have to run around. I mean, these young cats gonna probably catch his ass more time than I. But he gonna have to move around. Hope I'm wrong, but that's what I feel. But Russ met the media yesterday. And he was asked the question about pressure. See, these are questions that really are making the now. I'm pretty sure Deshaun Watson is getting these questions on a local level. But his clips, these are questions every time Russ is getting that's on a national level and asking about, hey, do you really feel like there's any form of pressure? And Russell Wilson, he went in and sounded. And what did Russell Wilson have to say? What was his response? Buffering. Okay. Waiting. Gonna make me go to my paraphrase. He knows more about me than I know about myself. Wrong clip. Ryan's been out the league for Jonas was in the midst of that. I kind of threw to him, but we'll get to the Russell Wilson quotes here in a minute. But Russell Wilson, when he met with the media, was asked a word about pressure. And does he feel the pressure as we're about less than two weeks out of the season? Does he hear for the pressure? And this is Russell Wilson and what he said. Um, yeah, pref- you know, pressure is a privilege for sure. Um, do I feel the pressure? No. Um, you know, I, I don't run. I don't run from it. You know, uh, I, I look forward to it. I run to it. If anything, I think we, we as a team, you know, we're all in this thing together. Uh, we're all searching for one thing, and that's to get better every day. Um, we're not looking too far ahead you know all we got is today trying to learn as much as we can from today's practice trying to learn to the next day and use that experience he's getting he's, he's getting criticized for that that reply he has he, he from 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 some local media in Colorado some national media he's getting pretty much criticized for that and the reason why is because all the sound bites from last year, all the cringiness, the 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 the, the quirky stuff, you know, him being Bolivia, you know, they're they're one and two, they lost four straight. Let's ride, let's ride, all that kind of stuff. He's getting criticized because people want him, and this just goes back to me to where I, me personally, I don't think Russ has answered media questions any different than what he did when he was in Seattle. I think this year he's asked him a little bit, answered him and handled the media a little bit different from last year because who's in town and who's in charge now? I think he's dialed down. But people are criticizing for him because they want him to finally just answer the question. Like, you know what? Yeah, there is some pressure. Yeah, you know, I did. I got to do better. I got to go ahead and perform better for this team. And people are criticizing because he feels like he never answers these questions. He gives you these long-winded Russell Wilson answers. And like I've said, and I'll say it again, until he is on, until he gets this team scoring about 24 to 27 points a game, he, everything he does is going to be nitpicked and torn apart. That's my opinion. But everything is like, you know, it, 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 the stuff that is just scrutinized is crazy, period. 
Gerald Glenn is checking in on Facebook Live. He says, Russ has a beautiful wife, family, and millions of bank. There's no pressure. Um, I, I kind of see where Gerald's coming from that. Gerald Glenn, who's checking in on Facebook Live, I see where he's coming from that. Um, but, you know, that's why you hear some athletes and their upbringing like, man, I didn't know where my next meal was coming from. That's pressure to me. I heard gunshots where I came out. I was in brothers and gang, whatever. That's pressure to me. I get it. That's kind of the angle that Gerald's coming from and like, hey, he's got millions. He's married to Sierra. The reality of it is, whether I agree with it or not, part of his legacy is on the line in this season. I, I don't think I, I still stand pad in regards to uh, I remember having a heated debate with Jonas about this off air last year. I still stand by what I feel. I, you can't erase those other first tens in his career. I don't care if he gets benched by week five, four, six. I don't care if he gets cut. He still most likely could get in the Hall of Fame off those numbers. But when you start talking about out of sight, out of mind, and I will tell you, if this comes to the point where they've got to release him and take a $43 million dead cap hit, I will tell you this. Screw all the whether it's one of the worst trades in history or not. I will tell you it is probably going to go down as probably one of the quickest falls at that position considering where he was and where he would be at at that point in NFL history. Keep in mind, just over two years ago, Russ was in MVP conversations. Just a little over two years ago. So we'll see. I There's going to be a lot of factors into that, but for the masses of the media and everybody else, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. It doesn't matter whether you've got a below average offensive line. It doesn't matter whether you've got your top two receivers gone for the year. And I'm not saying Judy's going to be gone for a year, but I'm telling you, I, you know, if you if you need a cart, if you need the John Deere tractor to come out to get your ass for a hamstring, to me, that's one of those that possibly could be a situation that could be terrible. Hope I'm wrong, but that's just the way it is. 877-37-GRIND. All right, real quick, we've got over and unders that we've got to get to. This is going to put a cap on our over and under totals. We keep score on this show. Um you know, this is we didn't get too many of what Jonas has felt on the over and unders we usually do, but we'll see, we'll see. But this is we keep scoring the show, so this is going to be complete, and we'll go ahead and look at the files come December. Well, probably about no. We'll check in maybe midweek by week eight. We have a middle of the season week nine report. Uh, but the two teams that we have up today for your totals in the over unders, and how many minutes you tell me we got coming into this? Uh, At three. We got three. Okay, well, let's at least get started. Um, the final two on the docket today are, first up, the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans, um, I don't know where to put my finger on this organization right now. I mean, to me, I just feel that uh, the only thing I know about the Titans right now is that Malik Willis is getting a raw deal. And again, if I'm George Payton, I'm on the phone looking at Malik Willis and possibly Trey as well, too. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, the desert has them at seven and a half win total. And it's minus 130 on the over and it's even money on the under. I, I, I've said this before, but I, even money in the sports betting world is just something that it's, I've always figured that that's just sucker stuff because no one wants to play the VIG, which is the juice. And if you don't know what those two things in this segment is not for you, but the even money's kind of shine off. Ryan Tannehill, he's at a ceiling, man. We know what we're getting out of Ryan Tannehill. How much gas and tread on the tires does Derrick Henry have? 
And are they going to get that wide receiver to emerge this season and to let Titans fans ease and start to forget about A.J. Brown? They play in a division that I kind of agree. Jonas and I have this talk off air. I, I agree with him. I think we both agree. The division winner is going to the playoffs in the South. I, when you look at the North, you look at the uh, East. If I just take those two, because the West, we don't really know what the West is really going to be. It could be potential or it could just turn into another Kansas City Chiefs show. If you just go by the North and the East, there's uh, me personally, I don't see how two teams come out of the South when you look at those teams and where they're at right now as a franchise. I got a lot of respect for Vrabel. I think he's a hell of a coach. I think his teams are well coaches. His defenses usually come up to play. I'm uh, For coaching alone, I'm going to give Vrabel two wins off of coaching alone. I'll give him one and a half. So I'm going to go over on this. I, I think t- Titans, they'll find in that division, they'll find themselves at least eight wins on the season. So I'll take the over. When we get back, the last team on the over under the Washington Commanders. We'll talk about that when we get back. You're listening to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. We are broadcasting for the Maestro DeBell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind Tell you I'm local yeah. My plan is to put the rap game in the choke uh-huh. I'm fully focused, man My money on my mind Got a meal out the deal And I'm still in the grind I showed you since you feeling my stats all right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spin the One and Twos. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We have been broadcasting from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. All right, and this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Keep in mind, we know that summers can get blazing hot, but they're now even hotter with the new Blazing Bloody Mary mix from Zing Zang. All right, make sure you try out Zing Zang. Don't forget, they have other variety pre-made alcoholic drinks that come in different flavors as well too that is zing zang official sponsor of the sports grind and also don't forget to zing zang responsibly all right 
couple. You know, I knew I was forgetting something. We we need to finish the over under with Washington, but I knew there was some other news in the NFL that uh, I didn't get to in regards to a particular team that was also news uh, today as well that definitely caught my eye. Uh, but before we move to that, let's go to the final over and under team on the schedule, which is the Washington Commanders. Okay, the desert is giving them six and a half even money on the over and it's minus 130 on the under look um everybody no need to rehash it everybody knows how i feel about their coaching staff from jack del rio especially the only reason why he has a job in the nfl is because of ron rivera the only reason why this coaching staff has a job still is because snyder had to you know, sell the team and most owners aren't wanting to come in right off the bat and just start firing people. There's other stuff they've got to get in order first, just from a business standpoint in the first year of owning the team. Um, look, what I saw the other night from Sam Howell, I mean, it's possible. This is another guy that has set for a year, so it could be possible they found their franchise quarterback. Um, I think they dodged a bullet with their number one receiver. McGough, I'm hearing that it's nothing. It's a toe, but it's nothing serious. He probably is going to be there for week one. Um, and everybody's high on, you know, the last few years, everybody's been high on their defense just because I think because how many number ones since Ron Rivera's been there, how many first-round picks they fit, you know, has finished in the D-line. I'm not saying that I'm not impressed by their defense, but sometimes I think they're overly hyped a little bit, get a little bit more credit. It's more about the names on the roster. But with all, they, with all that said, okay, um, I think from what I saw, and this goes a lot of credit to Eric B. Enemy, and I haven't been a big fan of Eric B. And I've been black on black crime and not giving this brother any credit for his work. I've given it all to Andy, but this is his time to shine. Sam Al, they looked very impressive offensively in the first couple of preseason games. You know, there was a lot of complaining about, oh, he yells too much. He's loud. But evidently, it's playing out. I'm going to take the over. I think in the NFC, man, if it was the AFC, they'd definitely be an under team or they'd be right at about six wins. I think in the NFC, there's enough W's out there for them to get that over, to at least get seven wins, the eight wins. So I would take the over on that one. Um, if not, going to be a new coaching staff. And there's a good chance they're going to be a new coaching staff anyway. Speaking of the NFC East and the Washington Commanders, and why it might even be a little bit harder for them to get that over because uh, shame on me because I meant to get to this early on in the first hour. But the Giants front office have been in all in through this whole offseason from being aggressive with Darren Waller. You know, yes, they went through the Barkley situation. I wasn't a big fan of them rushing to have to really give Daniel Jones the money they did, but they signed Daniel Jones, uh, which if Daniel really plays excellent this year, next year, that could be a discounted contract for Daniel Jones, by the way. But I'll stand by. I don't know if the front office is 100% sold that Daniel Jones is the guy because I think now they've taken the excuses away. You know, first it got put on the former GM and the – the uh the the coach prior to that i think it was macadoo okay macadoo it was macadoo so but the giants have been aggressive so today they pull off a trade with the arizona cardinals for former first round pick isaiah simmons um a help on defense he's fast covering side to side 
this is also a residue. I don't know what the details is. I don't know what the Giants gave up, but this is also the residue of the Kyler Murray contract signing from the last regime. This also has something to do with that because you're losing a player. And keep in mind, I, as far as I've heard, I don't know if it's come across your radar, but as far as I know, Buda Baker still ain't got a new deal either. He showed up, but he's he was, he's been complaining all offseason about his contract. So I don't even think Buda Baker has got a new deal. So to me, this trade to the it's 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 excellent for the Giants. It's really excellent. And then you tell me they're not even done doing business with the Cardinals. Well, first off, well, not the, the, the Cardinals aren't done doing okay. business, but not the Giants and the Cardinals. Oh, okay. not done. But first off, the Giants are sending a seventh-round pick for Isaiah Simmons. Now, they had declined his, his fifth-year option this Jeez. year, so he's in the last year of his contract. Uh, they're, they're getting a seventh-round pick in 2024 um, for him. That's uh, a steal. But yes, they're not, or, or yes, no, however you want to put it. They're not, the Cardinals are not done. Um, they're trading offensive tackle Josh Jones and a seventh rounder. So maybe that's the seventh rounder they just got uh, to the Houston Texans for a fifth round pick. Um, expounding on this, uh, Schefter said that uh, the Cardinals have added an extra first, ra- a first round pick and two thirds. Uh, third round picks uh, during draft week in April. So now they've added a fifth and a seventh today, uh, moving Simmons and Josh Jones. So if you're Kyler Murray or if you're a Cardinals fan, you feel like, okay, <laughs> we're we're dumping ship. Uh, we're, 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 we're removing contracts. Uh, and you wonder, okay, well, where does this put the Kyler Murray situation? If this is a rebuild year, this is a tear it all down. Where well, does this put Kyler Murray as we get maybe halfway through the season? Well, where? But well, screw the halfway to twenty twenty three. What's going to put it? Where is it going to put Kyler Murray if Arizona is selling off property and moving books because they can't pay these dudes? Well, all of a sudden you're sitting there playing in a division with the Forty ers a division with the surging Seattle Seahawks. Next thing you know, uh oh, we might muster four wins on the season. Three went uh oh, Caleb Williams sitting right there. What are you going to do? None of this, this head coach or this GM pick Kyler Murray. What are you going to do? That's the way I look. Now, their defense looked a little bit surprising and basically to me early on the preseason. I know Kansas City got the best of them, but early on they were able to kind of look respectable against Kansas City. But, no, Arizona is going to be – Look, I've had two teams that I really feel like, man, this pretty much is going to be some lean 2023 season for them fan base. And the two that come out of my the top of my head all the time is Arizona and it's the Tampa Bay Bucks. There's a good chance I could be wrong on the Bucks, but I know damn well I ain't going to probably be bad wrong on the Arizona Cardinals. And that's no disrespect to Texas UT on Colt McCoy, but my goodness. Man, the Giants just went in a ski mask. They just went into the bank with a ski mask. They got Simmons for a seventh-round pick. Yeah. Golly, man. You're talking about a guy that could make a difference in winning a couple games here and there in the NFC East. And they got away with a seventh-round pick. Mm-mm-mm. So now, I mean, as we're sitting at this spot, and again, it looks like all things point to the fact that they're just acquiring draft assets Maybe you could see Buda Baker get moved here shortly. Maybe you could see, I know they just acquired Zach Ertz from the Eagles, what, two years ago? Maybe he gets moved out. James Conner, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. You know, it's, as especially, I mean, and, and, and that's a name right there, too, to consider if you're the Denver Broncos 
and you've got the Cardinals in the midst of this fire sale, is that do you call on a Marquise Brown? I mean, he had drop problems in Baltimore, but if your your depth chart's getting thin and thin and thin, and you got a former first round pick that could be out there available for a sixth, for a seventh, I, I can't see the Arizona asking anything more than a fifth. I, I will just say this: um, that's a good observation. I mean, there's rumors that they're the fourth or fifteenth that's inquired about Jonathan Taylor. But this is the way, in my opinion, the way I stand. You got to roll with what you got. You you just you have just spent draft capital for the last two years for a coach and a quarterback. This organization and this particular football team, in my opinion, needs depth. They need depth at the offensive line. They need more depth at skill positions. There's some grocery shopping that Sean Payton needs to do. I'm smart. I can push my fandom to the side and look at this professionally and let me know and let me know there's some there's some more grocery shopping that Sean needs to do. So with that said, if it means Judy out several weeks, if it means we're down to a, a rookie receiver in Marvin Mims, if it means that basically uh, Callaway needs to get his head out of his ass. I'm a no. I can't trade even a seven, six, fifth. I can't trade that for a receiver right now. Not for him. I don't think for anybody. You just got to go. <laughs> you got to run. You need to use Piron. You need to go ahead and use Javante Williams or Russ. Need to use. You got to go. And at the end of the day, this is what you pay $18 million or reportedly, allegedly $16 to $18 million for a coach. I know what he's building for the future. They're going to be back. I know there's some challenges. The, 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 what we saw in the Saints from a roster standpoint and the offensive line and skill position from receivers, it ain't in mile high yet. It's coming, but it ain't in mile high yet. So, no, I don't want – I'm taking my medicine. I'm not trading. We got to roll with who we got. Now, speaking of that, this will be before we go because I want to get to the tour thing. Tomorrow, uh, you just confirmed with me, uh, we're going to have, uh, I think it's Channel 7 Denver Insider, Troy Rennick, correct? Troy Rennick, yes. Yeah, Troy Rennick in tomorrow. Uh, I've followed Troy the last couple years on social media, but he's a Denver Insider. It'll be the first time I'm talking to him tomorrow. Also, he has a podcast that's on milehighsportshere.com. Uh, that they carry his podcast. Definitely going to be eager to get some insight from him, especially coming out of this Judy. I'm pretty sure we'll have more information in the next couple hours in the morning with this MRI. But just get the state of that. But no, I, and I'm not telling you that they, I mean, they just signed a receiver from the XFL the other day. There's some guys in the practice squad. I'm not giving no fifth. They just don't need to give up any cap. That's why the Jonathan Taylor rumors are saying that maybe, and remember, George Payton let everybody know when he got the job, I'm going to be in on every trade. If there's a trade, he's going to call. I'm not giving Jonathan Taylor. Yes, there's no anybody that roots for Denver would love to see Jonathan Taylor in a Denver Bronco. Not to give up that draft capital from them because that's not going to make it, it. It's just not, in my opinion, they're going to be better and more competitive, but they're not there yet. So the Jonathan Taylor uh, Taylor trade to give up more cap that don't make sense for me for Denver either. Go ahead. Another quick question here on Arizona. So uh, Jonathan Gannon. Defensive former former defensive coordinator for the Eagles. He's in his first year head coach right. of the team. Mm-hmm. Okay, you do have Kyler under contract for the future moving forward. Uh, we know the, the the quarterback battle before between like what Tooney and 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 Colt McCoy <laughs> to start day one. Um, but and it's really easy to say okay they're going after Caleb Williams, but could it be a thing a factor to where if you've got your franchise quarterback under contract for a you know, the future foreseeable future where you could go with somebody like a Marvin Harrison Jr. who's put up Larry Fitzgerald numbers in college 
and you go you have the opportunity to get the number one wide receiver in college football and then then all of a sudden you you inject that into an offense and giving Kyler a legitimate weapon you don't have to pay the DeAndre Hopkins premium that you would have had to before he was disgruntled wanted his way out and you could maybe because you don't make a change at the quarterback position you hold on to your former top pick in Kyler Murray and now now you're further into this rebuild than you maybe you maybe you thought before. I'm hearing you, but the truth is that first of all, there's no getting ready or going in for Kayla Williams. I don't subscribe to tanking in the NFL. This is the NBA doesn't work, man. Guys got jobs. Some of these people ain't even gonna be here, even if you do get a top three pick. It, 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 no, I don't buy in that. If they just talented wise not gonna get there, they might be in the position to get them. But back to the Marvin Harrison Jr. No, because I'll tell you right now, the work that Arizona's gonna need. With this new regime, you can't afford to take a wide receiver, Marvin Hems, with your first-round pick, in my opinion. That would be idiotic. I mean, I think from everything I hear, even though that this isn't the regime who drafted Kyler Murray from his workouts and everything, and probably by default because of contract, you're going to probably have to give Kyler Murray the late 23 to 24 season to really figure out what he's going to do. The only way that I think that that is different is if Arizona lands with the first or the second overall pick. If they land with the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, they got two. They're going to have too much other stuff they got to do to either go get uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State, and they're going to need more before they can even trade up to the number one pick to go get Caleb. You're going to have to just roll it with Kyler and that new contract and give him a 2024 audition. That's my opinion. Now, if you can land that number one or two, that's a different conversation. 877-37-GRIND. Also, uh, another thing I wanted to touch on, Tua. You know, I've, you, I've been talking high on Miami. I can kill two birds with one stone because I got a fantasy question. Y'all can tweet it. or I'm stuck on this um, because this is it, man. This is like I feel like doing the Michael Jackson press conference. This is it. This is my last tour. I shouldn't say that because that's the last time we've been out years today. But anyway. This is it for me with fantasy, man. I've, I've had a horrible – it's because I've got too much stuff going on. I've had a horrible run at three to four years of fantasy. So it's just been booty juice. I'm stuck. I, this keeper league I got, I got a midnight deadline on a question. I mean, we can kill this two birds with one stone. Tua, I've heard everything about his accuracy and his determination and his fire in camp. He's had a good camp. You hear Tyreek talking about 2,000 yards. But you know what? I started feeling a certain way to be like, hold on, man. Is this a re- is this a revenge tour for some reason? Tua showed a side of him yesterday with the media that he's never shown, and I've never seen it at Alabama. I've seen the kid at Alabama since he showed up at campus, and I've paid attention to him, of course, since he was drafted in the time with Miami, even through the Brian Flores mess. But former Steeler Ryan Clark, who's in the technically in the media now, evidently had some words about Tua's physical appearance and what it looks like now. I think he compared it to a, uh, a dance or stripper body or something like that. Tua didn't take liking to that. This was Tua's response. He probably knows more about me than I know about myself. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know. Ryan's been out the league for some time. so I, I don't know. It, it's, a little, it's a little weird when other people are talking about other people when they're not that person. So I know it's just a little, just a little weird. I come back. I, I like my background is like I, I come from a Samoan family like Respect is everything, but you know, it does get to a point where, hey, you know, little easy on that, buddy, because you know we, I, I think we're we're pretty tough-minded people, and uh, 
if we need to get scrappy, we can get scrappy too. Just saying. The one thing you didn't let you left off of there, but it gives you a context of what he's really he's emotional. He, that, that's the piss off more you're going to see to a public anything. But he basically added the Will Smith in there at the end. Leave a name out your mouth. Look, man, what, what do you got? You want to add something? Well, now that audio is from Cameron Wolf of the NFL Network. Mm -hmm. and he was at the, out there. Uh, he posted on Twitter out there for the media with, with the Dolphins camp. Um, but you talk about the what it was that kind of got under his skin. Ryan Clark had said that, speaking of the weight that he had put on, Tua mm -hmm. said he might have spent a lot, a lot of time in the tattoo parlor because he's got the whole right arm done. Uh, he was not at the dinner table eating what the nutritionist advised. And then also he compared, he made a lightning joke about the stripper or whatever. Yeah. But yes, that's the content. And you know, Ryan Clark, to his credit, um, you know, I've always told you, man, it like if a normal reporter maybe. Even not even a Stephen A. Smith, a Colin Coward. Somebody says this about Tua because he's taking other criticism. He probably doesn't address this. When you have a former peer, somebody that's played in the game, Ryan Clark is a Super Bowl champion. I like Ryan Clark. I've got a lot of respect for Ryan Clark. Um, credit to him. He, he, you know, he apologized because I do feel like you know these guys are in the Coliseum. What they say, the man in the arena. They're gonna get criticized. That's part of the job. But I think when you come a little bit personal and you start talking about when you don't really know the work that somebody's put in, especially somebody. And again, it also shows you again where we're at in a society. This is just a man that we saw fingers deformed on primetime TV and concussion that we were all worried for. And I remember Ryan Clark doing Scott Van Pelt that other night this is somebody that we should be hoping for and basically saying hey we let's hope have a good season stay healthy but you still have one of his former peers being critical with them like that and i love ryan clark I ain't gonna look at him no different but that'll just show you how far where we are in society how quickly we forget what Tua's condition was last year laying on that ground anyway all right man that is a wrap for today special thanks for the producer of the show jonas clark san antonio el paso lubbock people up in the mile high city in denver colorado people up in tyler people down the whole 305 south florida region and my people down laredo when that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you the snooze button and before you out the rack just ask yourself you grind in peace see you tomorrow When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. 
And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Shout. cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.